eight again. Because if you say eight forty, Ethan's gonna be late. But if you said, All right, I'll see you guys at eight thirty, wink, Matt, meet me at eight thirty, wink, maybe Ethan will be on time. It would not have made a difference tonight. No. I started cooking as soon as I finished teaching at eight thirty, and this is when it was done. So no matter what you guys would have said in text, this is when I was gonna get here. You know what, Ethan? For the show you should get a crock pot. <laughs> if you guys wanna buy the crock pot for me, uh, then sure, I'll happily use it. Uh, four quart, six quart, eight quart, or twelve quart. <laughs> um, I don't know what's good for for uh, one person. Uh, eight quart. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, Maybe we can. Uh, let's get some merch. Let's get the logo on it. Let's sell some two jocks and a schlub eight quart crock pots. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because I mean, four quarts like good for dips. Okay. Yeah. And then like eight quarts, like all right, I can fit a small roast in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So eight quarts um, sounds pretty solid. You know, you know, it's a good one. Um, you know, uh, get a get a pork roast. Yeah. Get some um, green enchilada sauce. Mm, that sounds good. And um, you can either chop up the pork roast, or you can just you can just smush it if you want. And then maybe you know throw some beans in there if you want. Maybe throw some veggies in there if you want. But just let it simmer. Um, and if you're home during the day. You can do it the right instead of turning it on low for like eight hours each, you can turn it on high for four hours and try and like not dry it out. Okay. If you really, really want to go crazy the, the night before, you sear it. So you try and like mm. keep the juices in. But normally, like if I'm doing the crock pot, I'll put it together the night before. And then as I like leave in the morning, I'll just take it out of the fridge, put it in the crock pot, turn it mm. to like 10 hours and put it on low. Yeah. So that's that those, really those days are nice because like I can always be like, after being at work 10 hours, be like, oh, I got the crock pot ready. I got to go home. Like, it's a really good reason to leave work. See, every single time we have an episode, I'm reminded more and more why Matt should have his own brewery. Because not only does he know everything about beer, but he knows everything about really good comfort food. Like, things <laughs> that you would want when you're drinking and drinking really good beer. Like, the combination. I mean, you would have to teach maybe a, a chef to, like understand what what the palate needs to look like but you could bring that feeling to the brewery you know i i feel like i could i feel like i could like six to eight core dishes like we should just yeah. have like these dishes or some variation of them all the That's time all you need yeah yeah and then if i wanted to spice it up shout out to my buddy ryan nitschke james beard nominated ryan nitschke of luna fargo restaurant Holy and shit. uh Luna or in Fargo, North Dakota. Hell yeah, bud! Congratulations. I hope you win. Nice. Um, Damn. But, Roger uh, Maris hometown. <laughs> well, if you if you find yourself up there, go to go to Luna. Guy's a master. Um, what do you know? Do you know him from college, Matt? No, no, no. I know him from a beer group. Oh. I've never actually met him, but he's a oh. nice dude. Oh, James Beard nominee. That's that's impressive. Oh yeah, just just like in that same group, Ethan uh, is a bartender at other half Philly. Oh really? Yep. So. Um, nice, good, good, good to have connections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sweet. yeah, you know, I, we're gonna make it happen. Maybe eventually, hopefully, oh, it's, it's kind gonna of. happen. It'll happen someday. Absolutely. So, <laughs> don't tease me, Matt. I mean, I know I have to hire you, and I have to hire my dad to keep the books. And <laughs> Ethan can be live entertainment, or or a, a you know head of house. I don't know you. You guys both have experience in the service industry. Ugh, so. Those days are behind me. Thank you very much. I'll be, I'll He's be, too good now. He's a teacher. 
No, I'm not too good. I just, I put in my fucking time, okay? And I don't need to Talk do it to anymore. Talk to your mother and then come back to me. She liked bartending. She enjoyed doing it for all of those years. And you years. didn't? I liked it fine, but I don't want to do it for 20 years. And I wasn't tending bar either. If I was tending bar, it might have been different. <laughs> I do like how Matt said live entertainment rather than live music because what that means is I don't have to play music. I could just go up and flail like the, the wacky inflatable flailing arm, uh, fla- uh, flailing tube man, whatever the fuck his name is. You know, I, I you just know, do that um, around the restaurant. They make costumes of that. Mm, okay. And mm-hmm. and and because I know she's not listening, but if you are listening, Laura, um, your reward for listening to the podcast is I'm spilling the beans. Uh, we have a friend that um, she got one of like the mini desk sized wacky inflatable tube men, um, and she made a, a joke about like them having an orgy or something. So. All of my friends, coordinated by me, we've all sent her, like, 40 of them. Not really 40, like, 10. So she's just got them all on her, on her desk, and they make a Christmas elf version and a wacky inflatable tube woman. So we nice. just keep sending them to her at random times throughout the year, so she's oh, got a bunch it. on her desk. So she doesn't know who, though, and if she listens, her reward is to get to find out. <laughs> Friend of the show, Laura. Uh-huh. Yeah, come on, Laura. Laura. If you're out there, listen to this episode at this particular moment, please. <laughs> I mean, she better. This is how we and draw. If, if anyone knows in. Laura who listens, you know, don't tell her. Really, really specific stories with specific people, and just like the, an insanely specific like scenario. That's how we get our new listeners. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You know? So just no, like this past weekend, appeal, my friend you know? Nick was in town, who no one probably knows, but you know, Nick came in town and met Ethan and I. And we went to some pretty cool spots mm-hmm. and told some really good stories and watched some really good music. That's true. We did. Mm-hmm. And I'm is sure that he's going to listen music to the pod now. Or is it you listen to music? Well, we watched a live show where they performed music. Went to a concert. I'm, I'm just being a dick. Oh. Saw the band Tool. It was awesome. They were excellent. Put on a great show. Highly recommend. For those who are into prog rock, which is progressive rock, my parents made me clarify. I was telling them about this the other day about like prog rock and they were like what is that well in their defense though i was on the bluetooth on my car and they had me on speakerphone so maybe it wasn't super clear but they thought i was saying frog rock like ribbit ribbit <laughs> which really i think should be like a new subgenre. i think somebody should make that um but yeah so prog rock is progressive rock um which basically is like rock music that's like way more complex it kind of uh uh incorporates elements from from like classical music which is yeah. to say just greater complexity I'd say um, I'd say yeah. tools what prog rock, uh, metal, and art rock kind of mis- yeah. mixed together. I think that's a good way to say like it. Mishmashed. Yeah. Uh-huh. With some really really fucked up animations in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was describing to Ethan, we were trying to pick out our favorite animation for the night, and there's one where it's just a loop of this like like zombie looking skeleton thing with tight skin, and and it zoomed in on its forehead, and then a a blade cut an eye open on the forehead. And then, like, you went into the eye, and you went into the eye. And then, by the time you were done, you came ah, out of the mouth, and then you went back into the eye, and then ah, out of the mouth. Ah. Very, very strange and trippy. Yeah, art watching, that was being projected. That's your entertainment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was crazy. It was fun. Uh, it, was mm-hmm. a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I didn't know much of the set list, but I still had a good time. I've been listening to it actually a lot these past two days. Oh, yeah, um, I got to do that. So, wait, yeah. you got a you got like the live cut of it? 
Oh, no, I've been listening to the songs they played live. Yeah, there uh, are web there are websites that like keep track of set lists. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I got. It. Yeah. Very cool. So, Colin, you saw a show this week. Why don't you tell us about that? Oh yeah, you did. That's right. Yeah, and what I realized as soon as we sat down in our seats and I looked over at a section in the arena, we we were in the uh, Spectrum Center where the Hornets play. I look over to my left and I'm like. I did see a concert here in Charlotte. It was pre-pandemic, so it's been a long time. Uh, but we saw a Trans-Siberian Orchestra, so I guess if you consider that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Matt is, Matt is delivering the gold today. Jesus he Christ. He really is. Like, you gotta, you got to watch. Like, if you're listening right now, just turn it off. Go to your computer. Pull it up on your phone. YouTube app. Whatever. you got to watch. Like, Matt's been on get, fire right get, now. Get us get get some good screenshots, Adam, too. Yeah. I'm trying yeah, to spice it up, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> For sure. But, yeah, it was so I funny know. how I just walked in and I was like, oh, okay. Now I remember being at a show. Anyway, yes, I went to go see the Eagles. It was amazing. Um, I definitely, I am. Uh, I, I'm so thrilled that I went. Um, I'm super sad because, um, I mean, a Deacon Fry, who Glenn Fry's son, um, plays with the band, had an undisclosed illness. I'm assuming it was probably COVID, and uh, could not play. And so that definitely changed the feel, um, at least for someone like me who's like a diehard. I'm sure most people didn't even you know realize, but. Um, it's like when Clarence Clemens died, uh, you know, for Bruce's band and, um, he brought in Jake to play the saxophone. Like that was a really seamless transition because you still had to feel that Clarence was there cause it was a family member and he was really good. And Deacons, I mean, you know, Glenn is, was a decent musician and, and whatnot. It's not like he had to be a world beater, but anyway, um, I, I, that was pretty sad. Uh, the other thing that, that, coming off of it made me really sad was a lot of the comments Henley uh, was saying throughout the show just made it sound like that. This is, this is it um, that they're probably not going to tour again. Um, they've been doing it for 50 years and yeah, um, Jesus. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, more power to them. It was amazing to hear all, the album hotel California all the way through. Uh, which yes. Is that was the tour, the right? It's the hotel California tour. Yep. Yep. Hotel California tour. They had a little bit theatricals themselves um, with it. They had a, I think actually the first person was Stuart Smith, who's the guy that took over for fingers um, as their uh, guitarist. He uh, walked the stage and uh, was like kind of looking creepy. And they had these like thunderstorm sounds and everything playing. And he took a record out and it's the hotel California record. And he put it on a record player, put the pin on. And then the, curtains came up and they started playing oh, cool. um, hotel california um so that that was really cool and then they, they even had a woman come out to flip it over to the b-side and <laughs> everything um and they had you know just on so the the back end of the arena was uh empty because they had the whole time um not just when they were playing hotel california but when they played the greatest hits after um they had videos and just all these theatrics um on screen and everything adding to it definitely something different than what you would expect from a typical eagle show but um kind of shows how i think they're just trying to have some fun with this yeah this last go around um and did everything. uh did bernie make an appearance no i was uh, really hoping damn. yeah i was really hoping he was going to um but did, he did, did not you see the history of the eagles uh, one of their one of their shows yeah that was yeah. really cool so yeah. I, I was hoping that they would still bring him around because yeah, that's yeah, a big and he, part of the band. He has uh, played periodically 
uh, with them. Um, I don't, I don't know how much since Glenn has died, uh, in, in everything, but, uh, the really cool parts were, uh, Henley sounded amazing as you would expect. Um, you wouldn't know that he's 74 years old. I was old. just going to say, I just looked it up. He's fucking 74. Yep. They're That's all insane. 74. The, oh my the God. actual Eagles, uh, Henley, um, Walsh and Schmidt are all 74. Um, so that was really cool. Joe Walsh was actually, I thought, the best performer of the night. Like the energy he brought, he mumbled a shit ton and you could yeah. barely understand what he was saying uh, at certain points. And I don't even know if he knew what he was saying, but uh, he was he was pretty funny. He had a lot of energy, played really well on the guitar. Um, and I, I thought he was the best performer. Uh, and it was really cool, too. Um, I know you guys are big into supporting local musicians. They had an orchestra. Um that backed them for songs like the last resort wasted time. They did the wasted time reprise uh, that's on hotel California. And they had a, an orchestra that was from the state of North Carolina. So it was local to the state. And then they had 20 choir singers who were from UNC Charlotte. Cool. And um, they, they were, those kids were like awestruck, but super excited and um, had a lot of fun too. Uh, they, they were just there for the hotel California. I really think they just played or they just sang on the last song on the last resort. Um, but yeah, it was great. I'm so glad I went. Um, <laughs> I keep thinking about going to Raleigh uh, next week and joining <laughs> my parents for, for the show. Cause uh, I mean, I, I just, I got so sad leaving, you know, just knowing that it, it's probably the last time. And um, I just love their music so much and it's a huge part of my life, but I am super grateful that I got to see them again. um, Even if it's important question, who sang take it to the limit? Uh, God, Timothy. Uh, No, it should be Timothy. um, Cause he sounds just like Randy. Yeah. Uh, He's down low, sings up high. Yeah, no, they, so for those who don't know, once Randy left the band and they decided to play that when they got back together in the 90s, um, Glenn used to sing it and Glenn is dead. Um, and so Vince McGill or Vince Gill, sorry. Um, that That's another thing that country I, I am not big on Vince. I know most country people love him, but I do not like the way he sings and um and he sings all of Glenn's songs, especially when Deacon's not there. Like when Deacon's there, he'll sing like Take It Easy and Lion Eyes and, um, you know, songs that should be sung by a fry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's that that part of it was weird. Um, actually, Timothy B. Schmidt sang uh, Peaceful, Easy Feeling. Okay. Because um, normally, I guess both times, well, all three times I've seen him live, all he sings is uh, Level Keep Us Alive. That's the only song they let him sing. So, um, I. He sang. He they did not play that song. Um, so so I can't tell you why. Yeah. That, so I can't tell you. Okay. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're both they're both his songs. What you yeah. just said, but yeah, the token Timothy B. Schmidt song. Yep. Yep. He played that, and um, and then he sang "Peaceful Easy Feeling," which I thought was a nice little touch. Um, and then Walsh did "Rocky Mountain Way," "In the City," um, "Life's Been Good." Uh, and then one. Pretty maids, pretty maids, all in a row. That you're forgetting awesome one here. For Walsh. Funk forty nine. Yeah, they didn't play that though. They did. It's on the list. It's on the set list. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, <laughs> uh, I have to bring that up because uh, I, I had no idea what that song was, and I saw him <laughs> playing the first time I saw the Eagles play was in Toledo, mm-hmm. and 
they had in the front row all of the surviving members of the James Gang. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. and Joe Walker. Well, we got the James Gang here tonight, and like everyone went nuts. Yeah. And then when I saw him again in Cleveland, and Joe Walsh comes on stage, everyone goes nuts because yeah. Joe Walsh is his the James Gang was based out of Kent State. Yeah. Um. So if you you know, if you're walking around used record stores in Cleveland, you can find tons and tons of James Gang records. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Pre-solo Joe Walsh. Yeah. 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 I wanted to ask you guys, actually. Um, I was wondering. So I I, uh, I felt like I felt it in real time. Like, there's glue people to, like, bands and teams like that just, like, make the experience so much better like i feel like don mattingly was a glue person um paul (laughs) o'neill the the recently retired number paul o'neill uh was probably a glue person uh for those yankee teams and like i've seen them once without glenn already and having no like sense of glenn fry at the show felt like he was such a big glue guy to that band that I just like kind of overlooked all these years. And I'm just wondering, like, do you guys like buy into the notion of like glue people, like that you have to have someone who like kind of keeps it together, but may not be the most popular person or the best player, you know, or something like that. Like, I don't know if that's making any sense, but I've, I've been thinking about that a lot. Ethan go. Cause I've got, I've got a controversial opinion. No, it makes sense what you're saying, Kyle. Um, I understand the the premise here. And yeah, so this is super interesting. I've thought about this before, too. And and what's funny about it is um, I don't think scientifically you can really say one way or the other, right? And I generally don't like to um, I don't like to commit to ideas uh, unless they are based in in science, right? And and, um, experiments and peer reviewed journals and, and, you know, rigorous testing, right? Um, that said, this is more of an abstract, I think, kind of thing, an abstract philosophical kind of thing. Um, I do kind of buy into it, I think. Um, I, I feel like there's, there's just, you know, and you guys know how much I love like analytics and data and the more information, the better, right? But I feel like in, in pretty much all things, uh, certainly team-based, ensemble-based, what we're talking about here, there, there are these kind of intangible things, that are hard to quantify, right? Like we've talked about a lot about the the influence of, of coaches, specifically baseball managers, but coaches in general, right? We've talked about this and how this is one of those things that's really hard to quantify. And this same idea, this idea of the glue guy, like Derek Jeter, for instance, he's like the king glue guy. I remember reading, I um, can't remember whose piece, but they were talking about some journeyman who like went to the Yankees and he said that being on the Yankees was like night and day compared to the rest of the league. He had been on a bunch of other teams, but the Yankees were night and day. And the and the reporter asked him, like, why? And he's like, Jeter. That's it. Like, it was like, Jeter. Like, when, when he, he makes all the difference. Like, you show up here, and he comes to you immediately your first day, tells you, like, you know, welcomes you, uh, offers, like, all of his help, tells you, like, what's expected, blah, 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 blah. There's just, there's just this presence, right? Um... And so, you know, yeah, it's one thing to hear that story, right? But it's, you still can't necessarily quantify that in terms of numbers and in terms of wins and losses, right? Um, but I, yeah, I guess I do kind of buy into it. I think, I think the only problem with it is it's subjective, right? So like for you, Kyle, you're saying that, yeah. um, you know, for, for you, like Glenn Fry is that glue guy. There, and I don't know for sure, but I could see it. I could see it being the case that there are some Eagles fans who went to that show who probably didn't feel that way. Maybe for them, Henley is the glue guy. Like, I don't know. 
I, I think there's probably some subjectivity there. Um, but I think there's something to it. I, I think I think it depends on the context. There are certain contexts where it doesn't matter, I think, where, where it's like it's a job, and if you pay a person enough money to do that job, they're going to do that job really well, and that's that. Um, but in, like, music and in sports, and, and maybe it's, I'm biased because those are, like, my two favorite things, and it's, like, all of our favorite things, um, I, feel like, I feel like it does play a bit of a role. I, I don't think it's necessarily... Yeah, you can pay somebody enough, and if they're really good, they'll come in and they'll do the job. But but there's a difference between that and and just that little something extra that kind of pushes things over the edge and 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 ter- turns something from like great into incredible. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I guess that's kind of my gut feeling. But I know Matt is itching to uh, to be a contrarian uh, right now. What so. makes it What makes it special? That's what I'm thinking. About. Well, so I I do believe in the glue guy. I will start off by saying that, uh. and I will also preface this by saying, Colin, this is not an attack on you. <laughs> but I'm going to cite one of the things that you cite all the time. And that is the history of the Eagles. Because if I go to the history of the Eagles, I'm going to say that Don or Glenn, excuse me, was the unglued guy because he was the one that was one to fight people all the time. It's true. He's the reason that Randy left. And therefore, since Damn Randy's Bernie. my favorite, I'm going to say Glenn is the unglued guy. <laughs> this is fair. That's it. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, and that's, um, so that's the subjectivity piece, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, and 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 that would if Glenn was still alive, he would tell you that. Yeah, you were probably right in the '70s, but when they got back together, he says this in the history of the Eagles. He's like, I think I have done a better job being a leader of of the Eagles, and you know, maybe you and, would feel differently. But. And, and and both times I saw, or I can't remember two or three times, but anyway, both times I saw him that I remember. You know, he did talk about like, uh, we were so great before, you know, money screwed things up and blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah, I could see it. He's better now, but, um, damn it. I never got to see Randy perform live. So I know, I know for everyone out there, I always, take it to the I always my think favorite like, song yeah. by the Eagles. Could, could he just like pop up and sing, take it to the limit? Maybe. I mean, he's not in all that great health, right? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's not in amazing health, but uh, he hasn't, he hasn't probably sang since 1977. Yeah. Has he had it? Did he continue in music after the Eagles or did he, he just left music? Just completely quit. Yeah. Wow. So Glenn Fry like fucking ruined his life basically. It wasn't Glenn. Uh It wasn't all Glenn. I know. Fair (laughs) enough. Thank you. Thank you for correcting that. (laughs) Some of it was tequila. Some Not of it was uh, he was he he's a hick from Nebraska and he just yeah. wanted to be in sure. Nebraska and and, and that's I'm pretty sure that's too. where he's lived all his life since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, he's he's had some health issues. I'm I'm reading about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kyle, was this your first show since COVID? Was this your first live concert? Yep. Holy shit! Well, that's amazing. That's exciting. Fuck yeah. Yep. Yep. So finally a, broke that a, cherry. Yeah. What a what a um, what an amazing feeling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'll yeah. definitely. Uh, I'll definitely always remember it, yeah. even if it makes me a little sad in some ways. But well, you go to the Raleigh show. How, isn't Raleigh just a couple hours away? Yeah. Yeah. Although or we stayed before we went out. to Charlotte. It's like two hours away. Yeah. So I thought. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's probably expensive, right? And it probably sold out. Um, it's probably close to so. I mean, there were more so. Toddy went to see Dua Lipa uh, last week when we were recording last Wednesday, mm, right? And she said there were more people for the Eagles than there were for Dua Lipa. Oh, and 
Yeah, that's surprising. Like, yep, I was like, they're America's band. Like, <laughs> I mean, they are, was, they are huge. It was a lot of old people. Um, there were definitely some younger uh, people, and you know, even younger than us, like you know, kids and stuff. Not 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 like you see in mix, like at a Springsteen concert or something like that. But um, yeah, the it was it was pretty much sold out for. Uh, obviously, again, they didn't have the back uh, seats filled in, but they they had the floor um, all filled up too. And everything the pit now but. now was it was it general admission standing or was it seats on the floor what do you think Matthew? <laughs> we made that joke at the tool concert like ah, oh, yeah we're we're the old guys now because yeah. there's no general admission it's just yeah. it's folding chairs assigned seats yeah 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 well the, well the eagles were uh, accused of being too what's the word stoic uh on stage back in the 70s um so yeah that's interesting Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. But, nice. Well that's awesome, dude. It's great you got to do that. Yep, yep. Good stuff. And how about how about uh Paul O'Neill? I'm actually relieved, as I said to you guys the other day, that they're finally. This has been driving you crazy there. for like a fucking decade. <laughs> yeah, so I'll I'll give the context on it and then yeah. I'll let you guys talk. <laughs> Paul O'Neill has been retired since two thousand one. So twenty one years now. Yes. Yeah, or almost, and, right? Twenty plus, yeah. Yeah. And I have never had a problem with the Yankees retiring number 21. And especially as you get further away from the dynasty years, you are reminded more and more like how special some of those core guys were. And uh, Paul O'Neill, I think, was just as special as any of the core four or Bernie. And he's a beloved broadcaster now, I would say. At least, well, he's beloved by me and Matt. I don't know if he's beloved by... (laughs) Not beloved by me. No. Studio 21. No. We'll, all right, we'll talk about his broadcasting later. Continue, Colin. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what was it? LaTroy Hawkins was the only person in 2008, I think, to wear the number. And, like, for, forever, it was just this, like, unspoken thing that nobody was going to wear number 21. And I just could not understand it. I was like, if you don't want people to wear the number, just retire it. Like, I, I don't understand. I still don't understand what took so long. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Paul O'Neill was a great Yankee a lot of really great moments um, during those dynasty years definitely deserved uh, to get the number retire. And uh, now I don't have to worry about why nobody's wearing number 21 when it's been available for pretty much the last 21 years. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, it never bothered me as much for whatever reason, because I normally am bothered by like small things, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but it didn't really bother me, Uh, but it is weird, right? It is like, objectively, it's very strange. Like what took 20 years and why did they not, other than that brief LaTroy Hawkins thing, which I didn't even remember other than that, why did they not give the number out? And the thing about it, right. Is it's not like the number is like 73 or something. It's not some random number. Like 21 is a great fucking number. Like that's, that's a number that people like, right? In sports, that's a great number. In baseball, that's like, that's the type of number you would want. You would want that Jersey number, right? You, you're not going to go after 73, but you'll go after 21. Um, and so, like, for 20 years, like, I'm sure people wanted to wear 21, right? And the Yankees were probably like, nope, uh, but, like, didn't bother actually doing anything. So it's, like, really, really strange. I don't understand. Yeah. What, what do you think they said when somebody asked for the number 21? Like, what did, what did LaTroy Hawkins say to, like, get yeah, the number? Yeah, how did he convince them? Yeah, I, bet, I, have no I bet, you know, when someone asked for 21, they say, why don't you wear something like 13? Yeah. <laughs> A-Rod would not have wanted 21. A-Rod's idol is Babe Ruth. He wanted the number three in his jersey regardless. That's but, true. Yeah. Was he three in Seattle? I know he was in yeah. Texas. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I'm with you, Kyle. Paul Paulie was a great Yankee. I think he's a great broadcaster, and uh, I think he's just a beloved part of the Yankee family. At the, well, I mean, even without the broadcasting, he's a beloved part of the Yankee family. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's well-deserved. I think it'll be really fun. I actually thought about texting you guys about whether we should try to go to that game um, if there is a season. But If, if the season, yeah, if the se- I'd be curious. I'd be interested. But Yeah, but yeah, also... Let, the, uh, let's see if the season stays. Yeah, the season well, yeah happens, I'm not getting ahead yeah. of myself. <laughs> but also, I guess the other thing with that, though, is like it would be fun, but, uh, you know, I don't know if it would be... It's, it wouldn't be quite as exciting as, like, Jeter's final home game. Yeah. So. Well, that's not, not that not, to, not that anything is really. My, yeah, that, that's going to be hard to live up to. Yeah. My my favorite way to describe Paul as a broadcaster is like the same way my favorite comedian described himself is like Uncle Dum Dum tells his barbecue stories and like everything is happy. Like yeah, it's the best. He, he's just kind of just you know he's you know I don't know it's it's an intangible. He's the glue guy to the Yankees. And yes, broadcast. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, okay, quick question. We can come back to that, but sorry. Let me interject really quickly. Did they retire 51 yet for Bernie? Do I just not remember that? I don't think they did. Uh, I, think, so, I think they did. Because that would that would not make sense for... Um, no, I love Polly, But for him to get his number... Oh, yeah, they retired it. Yeah, yeah. 2015. Okay, okay. okay. I was going to say, that would make sense, because Bernie was with the Yankees for, like, double the amount of time. Um, you know. And he's homegrown. Yeah. Uh, and I love Paulie, but yeah, okay, I was just wondering, I couldn't remember. But anyways, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with Matt. I love his broadcasting. He tells his, like, silly stories. But also, every once in a while, there are, like, some good nuggets of wisdom in those stories. Like, a lot of times, See, it's just, like... I wish he would do that more, though. Like... He's just so goofy sometimes. Because he's just having fun. This is just his retirement gig. He just wants to make fun of Michael Kay and have a good time talking about baseball. He doesn't yeah. want to have to work. He doesn't want to have to use his brain too much. Make fun of Michael Kay's, like, bacon-only diet, you know? And <laughs> Yeah, right. Seriously, guys, look up Michael Kay's diet. It's he's, crazy. He's going to die if that's the case. He's in his 60s now. He's like bacon and steak or something like he's that. He's going to drop like, dead of a fucking heart attack in the next, like, five years if that's, Michael if that's true. Michael Kay's in his 60s for real? I've teased oh, yeah. it. Now I, have to Google, now I have to Google it. I think Kay is up to, like, 60 or 61 now. Maybe I'm wrong. He might be late 50s, but he's up there. Yeah. I guess Michael he has Kay been at it for a while. Oops, that's not what I want. Come on. Okay. This is great content for this is amazing content matt and i are both googling michael k is 61 so if he eats a diet that's like mostly bacon and steak yeah he's dropping dead see ya he'll say see ya to life exactly right (laughs) yes he will which would be Uh, sad you know i I like michael k i like him just fine you know (laughs) but you see cameron mabins joining the uh the yes staff no no but i'm I'm all for that that's super interesting what's he what's he gonna be doing did it say He's going to be one of the color guys. He's going to fill in for like David Cohn. For... Oh, he's going to do color. Yeah. No shit. Like he's okay. When you said staff, I wasn't sure if that meant like in the yeah, studio yeah, yeah. or what, but no, yeah. he's going to be like in the booth. I, I think he's going to be in the booth. Um, How long has he been with our organization at all? I mean, he, he just retired, I think. Yeah. But like, what's his connection to the Yankees? He played with us in 2019. He, yeah. Briefly. Right. But that's it. For like half a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. 34. Jesus Christ. He's like our age. Motherfucker. Yeah. His cousin's Aaron Mabin, who went to Penn State and got drafted in the first round by the Bills. They have like like three people, um, cousins, that were playing professionally at once. Like they're a sick wow. athletic yeah. family. <clears throat> <laughs> Even though he, didn't, he never – because he was number one, I think, uh, draft pick in baseball. 
Yes, he was. Right? I remember when yeah. he made his debut for the, the Yeah, Tigers. I remember him being like a big prospect. Oh, yeah. he had to do an audition. He did an audition for Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, th- I think he's taken over some of Coney's games. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So, this is so you guys ready for this? The yeah. Michael K. diet. Do it. I'm ready. I'm excited. Um, according to his wife, he has three basic food groups. Bacon, steak, and chicken pasta something. Um, and and this article I'm reading says that his colon must look like Clint Hurdle's face, which is hilarious if you know who Clint Hurdle is <laughs> in baseball. Clint Hurdle, what was Phillies for the longest time? Uh, Rockies. Oh, okay. Pirates and Rockies. Yep. Pirates, oh, Pirates and Rockies. Rockies. He 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 looked like the bitter beer face guy in the commercials, like all scrunched together and bright red. Um, now, second note from a uh, Pinstripe Alley article: um, Michael K. Mentioned has you know as as I enjoyed a bowl of soup and I am saying it's uh it's one of the writers here at Pinstripe Alley, Mark Ferdinand. Um, Michael K mentioned that he has never had soup in his entire life. Uh, he then said he'd never had any type of fish or seafood. As the conversation went on, he informed me of several other things he has never tasted in his life: bananas, condiments of any type, uh, jelly. Any cheese not on a pizza, veal, coffee. Yeah, it went on to include more things, but I can't think of them, them at the moment. Okay, he must um, have like some fucked up taste buds where like sh- a lot of stuff like must taste bad to him. I mean, something. I'd love to just eat steak. No, uh, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You would be fucking dead. Like this is insane. I, he's he I, he literally will drop that in the next few years. There's there's no, like no, you can do it healthily. Shout out to another random people that no random guy that no one's gonna know. My friend Jimmy in that same beer group in Texas eats 45 ounces of steak every night for dinner. He doesn't eat what? breakfast or lunch. He just eats dinner every day. Lots and lots of steak. Swear to God, I'm not making this up. He posts it all the time, and he's, like, super fit and super ripped. 45 what, ounces of what's, steak? What's the inside of his body like? Yeah, um, Jesus Clint Christ. Hurdle's face? I don't know. Yeah, he's going to fucking die, too. Sorry, Jimmy, but Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Forty-five uh, ounces of steak every night. That's well. Insane. I mean, just lots of steak. I mean, lots of steak. Know, Whatever. He'll, like, he'll go. He'll, he travels to work all the time, so he'll go to like Texas Roadhouse and be like, "I want three ribeyes, but no sides. <laughs> Don't bother with that broccoli stuff. Just give me three ribeyes." It's like real life Ron Swanson, but the thing is, like in Parks and Rec, <laughs> Ron Swanson is like funny and adorable, and it's like charming. In real life, Ron Swanson <laughs> would have died fifteen years ago. <laughs> Oh, yeah. such a great, oh, yeah. such a great show, such a yeah. great character. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think of the bit where where he's just like he keeps eating some type of meat and his face in it. Oh, I can't remember what it is, but <laughs> I just like amazing. what you thought you heard me say was I would like a lot of bacon and eggs, and what yeah. I actually said was I want all yeah, of the bacon and all eggs. All the bacon and eggs you have, yeah, that's a great bit. Um, and then there's one where he's like he's grilling with a few people or whatever. And or they're at a restaurant or something, and somebody offers him a salad, and he's like, "No, that's the food that my food eats. Like, <laughs> I, I, I will not have any of that. Thank you." Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, All right, boys. what else we got? Are we are we are we going to wrap it up, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Guys got well, anything else? Uh, let's talk about our beer real quick. What did we drink tonight? I'll I'll go first. Um, so Matt and I recently split um, 
other half, which we've mentioned many times, one of our favorite breweries, is running an anniversary celebration right now. Like each week, they're releasing different things. He and I are like splitting oh, it, something. It's over now. It was last. Oh, week. it's over now. It finished yeah. up. So right now, I'm drinking one of them, uh, um, the I Love New York, uh, um, which is a replication, a recreation of their fifth anniversary beer, right? Yep. But, yep. but it's their eighth anniversary now. Um, and, that's called uh, the fifth anniversary is dead. Right, the fifth fifth anniversary is dead. Meaning yeah, that's the too, last uh, time they're blurry, I think, to see. But yeah, um, and uh, IPA like normal, normal, you know, the most common other half stuff, right? Hazy IPA and delicious. Yeah, really but excellent. how strong is it? Uh, and it's strong. It's ten percent. Yeah, yeah that'll, that'll, that'll yeah. fuck you up. So now, yeah, now I'm okay right now because I like ate all my dinner and I haven't been going that fast. But it's possible that about fifteen minutes after we uh, end this podcast, that I'll, I'll have a pretty solid buzz. Who knows? Yeah, that's high test. Yeah, yeah. So I got anyway. two. So I had one of the older anniversary beers, just a collaboration between uh, Vitamin C, Fiden's Equilibrium, and, uh, and other half. And oh, then, I really uh, liked that one. To tap tap it off, I had a ten ounce Medalla. I think that's Medalla. Oh yeah, tell 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 the audience, tell the people about this thing. Um, well, first of all, I was I was I live in an area with a lot of uh, Hispanic folks, so um, a lot of the beer stores around here have. Uh, Modelo and Corona and uh, Modelo Negra, like they have a lot of um, uh, Spanish beers, you know, Mexican, um, you know, and other Spanish beers in stock. And Medalla is actually Medalla, Medalla. I don't know how to. Yeah, how there's to no say I it. in there. There's no I. Medalla. So. There's no I. It's got the two. Yeah, so it would Medalla. be like Medalla. Yeah. Medalla. Yeah. Medalla. Uh, it's a Puerto Rican beer. It's it's brewed in Puerto Rico, uh, which is interesting. Um, I'd never had it before. Uh, it came in a 12-pack, but it's 10-ounce cans, which is kind of neat, neat. So um, it's a really easy easy to drink. I mean, there's nothing special about it. It's it's yellow beer, um, but it was it was it hit the spot if you want just something cold and fuzzy. Um, so, yeah, I've nice. got a couple of them left in the, in the fridge. I've been um, working my way through them, but it's, it was good. It was a good uh, after-beer drink. <laughs> after this beer <laughs> An after-beer beer. Perfect. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, Kyle, did you have anything tonight or no? Matt drank a beer for me. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, this is Collins. Okay. See, because it's, it's a, no, I, won't, I, I won't say it. Light, light, no calories? No, I was going to oh. say shorter. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. First short joke I've ever heard in my life. Oh. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're the most, you're the most uh, in shape of all of us, so. Oh, I don't know about that. Now that I now that I now that I have a metal elbow, I'm pretty fucking powerful over here. Okay. Okay. So robotic and in shape are different. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Cool. We got to talk baseball next week. We got to talk about this lockout, especially well, because by well, the time we know. record next week, yeah, yeah, because Monday they need to have a decision by Monday, or the season's going to be delayed officially. So yeah, we're gonna have yep. to talk about that. Yeah, I just yep. saw that headline. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big stuff coming. And we know we went long last week with Cousin Greg, so we'll give you some time back this week to our, our great listening, listeners. And um, But thank you for the support, as always. And To all the be- folks closely following my uh, cheese-filled pasta uh, uh, conquest, it will, it will be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. speaking of that, I have lobster raviolis. Uh, for this, this weekend now lobster ravioli that's a good ravioli i'm i'm into that yeah 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 i meant i meant to text you guys as soon as i got them but i was at the store and i was just trying to get in yeah none of this butternut squash ravioli bullshit if you're not filling <laughs> it with cheese fill it with the most fucking expensive seafood you can come on that's right that's the way to do it that's the way to do it all right boys say goodbye
Goodbye. Adios, folks.